You're listening to The Birdbath, presented by The Fountain Report. I'm your host, Ryan Leach. Welcome back to The Birdbath. Each week, we're scraping the surface of the veterinary news you need to know, so let's get into it. An Indianapolis vet group removes all non-competes. Noah's Animal Hospitals took a shot across the bow of non-competes last week when the group's COO, Adam Cottingham, said, we have a history of being on the leading edge of this profession, and we are continuing this trend by announcing the elimination of non-compete clauses in our doctor contracts. By removing these non-compete agreements, we are continuing our promise to put our doctors and staff first creating a more transparent, more open, and more productive work environment where they can thrive with opportunity for development, training, growth, and practicing their own medicine. Noah's Animal Hospital operates six general practices, three emergency hospitals, and a community outreach program. The group says, our doctors and employees are our family, and we know that sometimes even family needs to change a pace or even time away. Restricting where they can go simply spoils our relationships and we would prefer to have things amicable in case our family wants to return home. Great statement. This is not a new or light topic in the space. There are many vocal, outspoken advocates against non-competes. Paul Diaz, with his entire article that Candy devoted to the elimination of non-competes, being a major person that's, that's trying to lead this charge, We're continuing to see more and more groups embrace the change before it's handed down or ruled on by the federal government. Bloomberg Law actually reported that the FTC plans to vote on the rule to ban non-competes in April 2024. And at the last count, the FTC has had 47 agency employees, contractors, advisors, and consultants spend more than 6,000 hours on the new rulemaking. It's obviously something they're taking seriously, but the rules aren't without opposition. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce have opposed the rulemaking and argue the FTC lacks the proper statutory authority and threatens to sue if it's finalized in its current form. So this isn't something that we're just seeing in veterinary medicine. This is something that's taking its own life across the entire United States employee and employer relationship. Really excited to see where this ends up. I think we'll know more hopefully before the end of the year, but I think as groups, much like Noah's Animal Hospital, continue to take the steps on their own, perhaps this could be something that we see a tide change just within veterinary medicine prior to the federal government ruling on it. If people aren't being forced not to work somewhere else, they sure aren't taking all of their vacation days. American workers are taking fewer vacation days than ever before. Elizabeth Yost of the University of Central Florida just completed a deep research study where she looked at why and where people are utilizing their paid time off. Several of the respondents said that technology had changed the feel of their vacations, making them more likely to check in on things at the office. Many others cited the cost of travel as a vacation deterrent. Some said they broke their vacations into smaller, more affordable trips or took time off midweek to run errands or go to the dentist. Doesn't sound like how I want to spend my vacation, but a lot of the trends we've seen across employment agreements are that there's a lumping of paid time off or PTO plans that lump sick days, personal days, and vacation days into a single bucket. So while workers are very flexible and appreciative of these plans, 
they're finding that it can actually deter people from taking the longer vacations that make you feel like you're stepping away or breathing for a second from work. The Bureau of Labor Statistics backs up all of these thoughts. The percentage of workers taking vacation any given week has fallen from 3.3% in 1980 to just 1.7% today. So the question that I have for everyone out here is, what are you doing? Are you taking PTO, vacation, mental health days? How are you finding the time to step away from what you're doing in the practice, the things that are taking your mind? We know there's an issue in the space about people having perhaps workforce shortages, the ability to have time, the cost of relief and locum work, but managing that about the reduction of burnout and the need for people to be able to really enjoy the time that they have that they're not in practice. Love to hear what you're doing, what your company does, or how you're attacking this. It's something we need to take on head on. Earnings reports came out for many of the large companies in that space last week. One of the main highlights for a lot of folks was Zoetis. Zoetis CEO Kristen Peck noted that the company expects continued strong growth in the second half, led by their companion animal portfolio. When just looking through some of the numbers, for those of us that don't read earnings reports every week, or hopefully none of us do that too much, what I found staggering was the absolute volume and size of some of the medications that are being sold by Zoetis. So Simperica Trio was the main revenue earner with $248 million, an increase of 5% against the same period in 2024. And the company's dog and cat Flea and tick medication revolution ranked second with $103 million in the U.S. market, bringing an 18% increase. That's just staggering to me. And as we look at what the overall size and scale and, and one of the things that I hope to bring to you with the birdbath is seeing that there's so much growth and space that's happening in our industry. And if we're just looking at it in the day-to-day life that we see, whether it's within your clinic, whether it's in your group or your business, there is over $350 million of two medications being sold by Zoetis. Very staggering. Let's, you know, let's keep an eye on what the rest of these earnings reports have, but you know, I just wanted to highlight that personally. The WAG Group reported turning a corner. The CEO Garrett Smallwood announced that WAG had their first adjusted EBITDA positive quarter in company history. He wanted to thank his incredible team. And then a number that I thought was interesting, a 10 to 1 lifetime value to customer acquisition cost ratio. Uh, They also said that they're implementing AI automation for back office tasks and vendors. To just put that 10 to 1 lifetime value to customer acquisition ratio into aspects, that is if it costs you $100 to bring someone into the practice you are then making $1,000 on the lifetime of that client. So a 10 to 1 ratio, especially for a group that's doing a lot of hands-on, heavy dollar marketing outreaches, is a really impressive number. WAG Group even grew as they've seen this slow return to office work, and they utilized more investments and acquisitions in the space. They did some very deep vertical integrations with their vet chat, uh, an insurance marketplace called Petted, WAG Wellness, their acquisition of Pharmacy, and then Dog Food Advisor. Their largest contributor to the growth of the business was actually wellness revenue at $12 million. 
For more of these big figures in the industry, join us on The Found Report. The incredible team of our journalists there bring the numbers, data, and insights that help guide top industry leaders. Vetama, a new mobile franchise startup, has proven their concept through their first franchisees. Founded just last year in June of 2022, Vetama set out to offer veterinarians all-in-one mobile practice ownership. Vetama provides veterinarians a fully electric veterinary van, practice manager, veterinary mentors, AI scheduling, there's our AI word, marketing strategy and execution, supplier discounts, and weekly meetings. They're just one of the groups that we're seeing here absolutely blow up in the mobile practice ownership space. As I've seen it and seen the space grow, we're seeing that there's been a slowing of the acquisitions by large groups of individual practices. The practices that have been getting acquired were at way too high of figures for individual practice owners to be able to compete or associates to be able to take that on. And then a greater desire for more flexible work-life balance. The ability to be a mobile veterinarian seems to be really resonating with an entire section of veterinarians that's different than what I've seen in the past few years. You're seeing other businesses pop up and continue to grow. Groups like The Vets, Ready Vet, Better Vet, and many more are all joining Vetama in this major approach of bringing veterinary medicine to people's front doors. If you want to learn more about mobile practices and ways people are optimizing this, uh, Digital and Dr. Douglas Safranik from Wolf Doctor on Wheels are hosting a webinar August 23rd discussing how technology has helped Dr. Safranik grow his mobile business. Barkay, a dog park company, is being acquired by Diversified Partners. Each Barkay locations includes a bar, restaurant, event space, and multiple dog parks. The company currently operates in St. Louis, Kansas City, and Oklahoma City. I personally had the pleasure of going to the one in Kansas City where, no shame, I went to participate in Taylor Swift trivia with my wife and family before they went off to be big Swifties. And I was absolutely blown away by the business. I've been to several of the dog park bar mixed concepts and Bar K blew it out of the water. Highly recommend anyone checking it out. And I think we should all be really excited to see where this growth continues based on this funding and expansion that they're planning. A bill giving physical therapists the right to work on animals without veterinary supervision has been paused in California. California Assembly Bill 814 is currently paused in a committee and will not be revisited this calendar year. In a letter to the state of California signed by the president of the Animal Physical Therapy Coalition and several veterinarians, proponents of the bill argue that consumers in California need increased access to animal rehabilitation services and more choice in terms of providers. It is well known that there is a profound access to rehabilitative care issue in California. So the legislature is doing what they can to solve the problems that they can by passing common sense legislation like this. Coalition President Karen Atlas said to Vin News Service, the topic of animal rehabilitation physical therapy has plagued California for over 15 years, and the coalition are looking forward to the solution so more animals can be served. Really strong words from the coalition there, but they don't come without a different side of the story. Dr. Grant Miller, DVM and Director of Regulatory Affairs for the California Veterinary Medical Association said, scope of practice expansion by human healthcare providers into veterinary medicine is dangerous for both animals and consumers and often overlooks the intricacies of veterinary medical practice. 
This is not the first time a bill like this has been proposed in California. And Miller says working to defeat this bill is the CVMA's highest priority this year. The fight doesn't seem to be coming near a close for either side. And California is not the only state that has long been in this battle. New Jersey began their fight over these regulations and the licensure in 2017. Colorado has had a blended approach since 2007, and many other states have their own language guiding physical therapy. As we see this bill continue either to progress, completely stall out, or go away, I'll be certain to let you know. If there's something you've seen in your state that feels different than what you're seeing here in California, or if you're in Colorado and have found that that blended approach is working for you, reach out and let us know. I'd love to hear your take on things. Our final story comes from the human healthcare world, but quickly blends over into our veterinary scope. Google Health teased a new product, Elixir. Greg Corrado, the head of health AI at Google Research, and Yossi Matias, VP of Engineering and Research at Google Research, wrote an incredible blog post discussing the multimodality disciplines needed to grow AI utilization in medicine. Now, they are talking throughout this really readable post about the current approaches of how expert level specific modalities are being reached within medicine through reading CT scans, analyzing pathology slides, and exploring genetic coding, while on the other side of AI technology, large language models are becoming increasingly advanced interpreting and responding to plain text. But the post asks, how do we bring these capabilities together to build medical AI systems that can leverage information from all these sources? It's super interesting if you are at all curious about what's happening and how AI is continuing to grow within the veterinary space, as well as in the human healthcare space. I highly recommend reading it. Plus side, it has pictures, so that works well for me. There's some incredible companies, though, within the veterinary space to keep your eyes out for around AI. Companies such as SignalPet, Radimal, Vetology, Scribe Notes, Digital, Kumba, and many more are doing huge things already, utilizing AI to improve and increase the quality of care that can be provided not only by the veterinarians, veterinary technicians, but everyone in the industry, and finding ways to be able to increase the access to care through technology. Highly recommend looking into it. I think AI is obviously one of the waves that we're gonna be seeing in the space. For more on these stories, join us by subscribing to The Fountain Report. There's a link in the bio. And don't miss out on any episodes of The Birdbath by subscribing and rating the show. For The Birdbath, I'm Ryan Leach. See you next week.